is Liberated Love Notes, a podcast on living corporate network hosted by yours truly, Brittany Janae. I am the creator of Liberated Love Notes, critical self-reflections and affirmations for the culture. Y'all already know Liberated Love Notes is your source for weekly doses of self-reflection, affirmation, and reimagining for us by us. Y'all, this week I'm I'm really here to affirm our inherent brilliance. Here to affirm our inherent brilliance. I was having a conversation with a friend a couple days ago. Um, we were talking about unpacking like some of the deficit and negative narratives that this culture, and by culture I mean like dominant white mainstream culture, specifically in the US context lifts up right those negative narratives oftentimes lifted up as truth as it relates to blackness right as it relates to blackness um what i mean by that so we were, we were talking about how white supremacy right will literally be out in these streets suggesting that it has discovered created innovated just about everything White supremacy really be out here. Like it has discovered, and we've 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 been like taught this that it has discovered. It is the beginning of all things innovation. When you think about the history in the simplest of terms, which is why this is all the more like fascinating. White folks legit got off of a boat that landed here in this uh, Turtle Island. Turtle Island being the indigenous name of north america prior to it being you know colonized yo they legit got off of a boat and said we here we discovered it like no whole humans like whole human beings already there and they and they legit got off and said hey we here we discovered this and for centuries and centuries and centuries have continued to perpetuate this lie like That's what we learn. That's what we're taught. It is laughable, but low key, like high key sick, like high key concerning, like came here, got off the boat. We discovered this. It don't matter that whole humans is here. We discovered this. And not only did they like really believe this lie it has been part of the narrative we've been socialized to believe as truth that's some like that's a lot and yet it is oftentimes blackness that is pathologized like made to be deficient nah <laughs> nah I was also reading, so on this, if we stay on this lane of just how inherently brilliant we are, I was reading this story of an enslaved African. His name was, and I hope I am pronouncing it correctly, Onesimus. I wonder if y'all are familiar with this story. It's timely, particularly in the context of us experiencing a whole global pandemic. But anyway, was reading the story of Onesimus. This is the 1700s in America. 
Folks is dealing with, uh, I think it was smallpox. Folks were dying left and right. I think I read somewhere that the mortality rate was like 14%. That is a lot. To give you some context there, the mortality rate for COVID-19, I think is somewhere around like 2% or so. So for smallpox at the time, 14%. Onesimus was an enslaved African, West African, I believe. And he shared, you know, in the context of folks dying, colonizers, you know, dying to smallpox, he shared an African medicinal process with his enslaver at the time, another colonizer, right? A colonizer. This medicinal process was called inoculation. Inoculation is a practice that has been traced back to West African countries. And so essentially what Onesimus shared with the enslaver was the process of inoculation in the context of smallpox. It essentially involved taking the infected pus of someone with smallpox, right? And so you gotta, you know, make a wound, you know, get the pus, and placing that pus on the open wound of someone who is not infected with smallpox. And so inoculation is taking the pus of someone who has it, putting it in, so by way of incision, someone who doesn't, as a way to inoculate. Sounds a little bit like vaccinate. And so for a while, as the story goes, the enslaver didn't believe Onesimus. Things got so bad that the enslaver decided to take his word for it, was able to come into contact with, I guess, a doctor who performed a series of, of trials on folks that, hey, ended up being successful. As the story goes, the mortality rate that was at like 14% drops to like 2 or 3%. All because Onesimus, mm, talk about brilliance, shares an enslaved Black African, West African, shares a process, this inoculation practice that was part of his culture, our, our culture. The process of inoculation is very much so credited as the roots of what we experience today, vaccination. When I tell you America does not deserve black people, when I tell you we are inherently, America was in checking for inoculation until ancestor brother Onesimus shared. Oh, how we continue to give of ourselves. There's something to be said about this story, the legacy of Onesimus, that was new to me. One of those untold stories of our brilliance. It is not lost on me that in present day, right, in the context of COVID-19, a Black woman, Dr. Kismika Corbett, has been on the forefront of the COVID vaccination, right? Which I think is When I talk about generational brilliance, talk about remembering, talk about what is in us, y'all. Onesimus, inoculation, 
a practice grounded in West African tradition. Fast forward centuries and centuries, a black woman being at the forefront of hopefully ending or being responsive to a global pandemic. I imagine our ancestor Onesimus smiles broadly. And it makes me think about what we often hear. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. I would offer that not only are we our ancestors' wildest dreams, we are a manifestation of our ancestors' brilliance. Not only are we our ancestors' wildest dreams, we are a manifestation of our ancestors' inherent, generational, passed-down brilliance. It's in us. Y'all was having another conversation <laughs> with uh, my parents and we was talking about, and I don't know, I don't know if this is a Baltimore thing or if this is everywhere, but when uh, I was coming up, it was common to see folks trying to catch what we called a hack, right? And so a hack, like literally folks standing on the side of the road, you know, waving their hands in the street trying to catch a ride. And there were folks who literally like would give them rides. Like that's what they do. They were a hack, right? They were a hack. They would give folks rides throughout the day. Some of them, like some folks, that's what they did for income. Pick up random people who needed rides. As my mom tells it, there were actually communities. There were like communities who had their own designated hacks. Now, this was, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm 32, 20 years ago. I used to track and, and, and it's still happening, but I just, I just remember, I remember it being a thing, hacks. Fast forward, y'all. Uber what? <laughs> Lyft what? Black folks are not new to this, y'all. We are true to this. I'm here to affirm that not only are we resourceful, because in some ways, I think hacks were stigmatized, right? Like, how you get in the car with somebody you don't know? But if that's not resourceful and a powerful example of how inherently collective we are, how we make a way, if that's not an example of brilliance, I don't know what is. It, it is in us, y'all. Before Lyft, before Uber Black folks, at least Black folks in Baltimore, <laughs> it was catching hacks. There was actually this poem when I was growing up. There was this, this poem, this story that we used to read for our Black history stuff at church around the question, what would the world be or not be if there were no Black people? And it shares some of the ways we have contributed to this here society, like everyday stuff. Y'all, when I tell you America don't deserve us. By the way, unapologetic plug. I actually have shirts. America does not deserve black people. Truth shirts on the site. Go grab one. I, I felt like that was a relevant insert and plug. Go ahead and copy yours. Surprise your colleagues on your next Zoom call because it's truth. It's the facts. <sighs> I actually think I'm going to find that poem and legit might read it for the next episode. Y'all, we are inherently brilliant. 
Anyway, y'all, I'm here. I'm here to affirm our, your inherent brilliance. We are not only our ancestors' wildest dreams. We are a manifestation of their gifts, their resourcefulness, their brilliance. We are not only our ancestors' wildest dream. We are a manifestation of their gifts, their resourcefulness, their brilliance. It is in us. We are capable of solving for our own problems, y'all. We are capable of developing our own solutions, y'all, that meet our needs and center our unique experiences. We create, we shape, we shift. Now, we don't always have the capital or infrastructure or access because white supremacy be like, but that does not negate the fact that we are inherently brilliant. I suppose sometimes, and I speak from experience, we undermine our brilliance. We sell ourselves short. We strive for perfection rather than impact. Sometimes we find ourselves conflating white and mainstream validation with success, with impact. Let's unlearn that together. Brilliance is in us. How we make a way, how we find a way, is brilliance in the context of systems literally set up for our demise. Our existence, our survival is brilliance. Our thriving is brilliance. Our innovation, whatever that looks like for us, is brilliance. No matter how, how big or small, it is brilliant. Y'all did a a vendor event on Juneteenth. It was actually my first vendor event for Liberated Love Notes. Another unapologetic plug. Go on, grab your deck. Anyway, there was a sister there selling bonnets. Now, y'all, my current bonnet, I had, well, the the bonnet I was using, I kind of have this, like, unstable relationship with because it, one, it wasn't big enough to actually, like, contain my locks, and two, it stayed falling off. Like, it just was not clutch. Sis was at the vendor. There, there was a sister at the vendor fair. When I tell you her bonnets, this is what I mean by like, no matter how big or small, brilliant, y'all. When I tell you her bonnets were legit. So not only do my locks, which, hey, by the way, are like done on my butt right now. <laughs> we don't do much, but when we do, not, not only... Do my locks fit? And so they fit up in there nice and snugly. Y'all, there is access fabric that you use to wrap around the bonnet so that it is secure. When I tell you, y'all, like for the last couple of days that I've been using this thing, it has not fallen off. When I tell you sis is brilliant, when I tell you like, That was like a tangible need met solution for us, by us. We are brilliant, y'all. We are brilliant. Appreciate you indulging or allowing me to indulge in that story. I want to affirm and I'm going to share a liberated love note that gets at this. And I will offer to you as you kick off your week. It reads... I possess, and this is one of my favorite ones, this is one of my favorite liberated love notes, y'all. I possess the intrinsic wisdom and intellect to build organizations, products, tools, and resources 
that are responsive to the needs and desires of my community. I'm going to read that again. I think that's worth affirming. I possess, we possess the intrinsic, it's already there, wisdom and intellect to build organizations, products, tools, and resources that are responsive to the needs, our needs, and desires of my community. And (laughs) this is the kicker. I support black people. We support black people who do this. Not only are we brilliant, but we are supportive of the ways in which brilliance shows up in our brothers and sisters, our siblings. Not only are we inherently brilliant, but we lift up and affirm the brilliance, all the ways that brilliance shows up in each of us. Hmm. I just think that's worth affirming. I hope you feel that. I hope you know that. I hope you believe that. Like, really, really, really believe it. Everything about this world would suggest otherwise. But you are. We are inherently brilliant. I promise. I catch y'all next time. Peace.